Hey there, good afternoon Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to my new show, Freedom Speak, where fake news comes to die. On Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Got a great show lined up for you today. I got a great guest lined up, and we got some great topics to talk about. I've been thinking a lot about corrupt politicians, and a good friend of mine in Texas, he often writes some really inspiring things, and I often get some ideas from some of his writings. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about a story he told. Um, He was telling me about an old house that stood for about 116 years and how it had been a fixture within the landscape of his neighborhood. Even though it had many facelifts over the years, it's clear by its Victorian style and old stained glass windows that it represents a time long ago when things were built to last. This is evident as well by the fact that all other houses around it are less than 40 years old and void of some disasters it will be standing when they are all buried in the local landfill. When he was able to buy this house two years ago, he tells me he felt extremely blessed because like the foundation of this nation, this house was built to stand. Like most construction of its time, this house was built on a pier and beam foundation. Too many people now, this way of building seems less solid than a concrete foundation, but this actually allows for a much easier adjustment as the earth around it settles and moves, and it allows for easy access to repair its plumbing. Upon buying this house, he decided to install a new bathtub with updated plumbing to the same. It was only when he had to squeeze himself through the small opening into the crawl space under the house, it became obvious that it was clearly not made for a man of 225 pounds. It seems this is a downside associated with this type of construction. Like this country that is a land of freedom, this house was built to allow access to all that seek it as a haven. Immediately upon entry underneath this amazing structure, he was greeted by the telltale sound of some of its current occupants. Despite not seeing the other occupants, he knew immediately they were there with him because of the danger associated with the poison of a western diamondback rattlesnake, (laughs) as well as the unmistakable sound that their rattling tail makes. It sufficed to say that a speedy exit from this structure was needed. His son, who was outside, said that his exit from the structure looked like the house was giving birth to him. That an entry that had taken five minutes to squeeze into only took a few seconds to escape. I tell you this story because just a few years ago, I began to hear the unmistakable rattle of snakes that reside throughout this amazing domicile we call the United States of America. Unlike the old house my friend described out in West Texas, there is no escape hatch to distract ourselves from these dangerous animals. Although I have known for a long time that these serpents were here with us, it wasn't until April of 2008 that I heard the first rattle of the snakes. It was then that presidential candidate Barack Obama made a statement about middle-class working voters that went like this. And it's not surprising then they get bitter. They, they cling to guns or religion or antipathy to people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or anti-trade sentiment as a way to explain their frustrations. At that very moment, I understood the waning rattle of you will not surely die and you will be like God. There's no escape from these poisonous purveyors of hate and division. 
I've been loudly shouting out a warning of danger for the past couple of years. There's a reason to be uneasy, as conservatives and freedom-loving people are now characterized as extreme, deplorable, dangerous, lizard people, racist, misogynist, homophobic, selfish, ignorant, and evil. Make no mistake, their fangs are ready to strike, and this is evident by their incessant rattling. The true enemy are the rats, also known as mainstream media, that refuse to acknowledge this enemy, that will eventually eat them as well. For years now, as we all yell danger, these rodents have been scurrying around saying, the only snakes are you, the freedom-loving people, and you're just hearing things. You're a conspiracy theorist. They can't even see that it's they who are the rattlesnake's food source. Even as many of them disappear, eaten by this system of cancel culture, they help to create. Even now, the mindless media rats want to give you stories about how the rapper known as Snoop Dogg just bought the music label known as Death Row Records. Another story I noticed was about the 10,000 people with Omicron symptoms, or how the Queen of England has tested positive for COVID-19 and only has mild cold symptoms. You could learn today as well about the latest asteroid that will pass by the Earth at the close distance of 100 million miles, at least close considering the size of the universe as we know it. Just in case you didn't know, they will tell you about the new favorite food trend started by the Kardashian family. You get the point? What they won't tell you is possibly the most important story of our time, and it's about John Durham's indictments. They won't tell you about this because it shows the depths of their deception these last six years. It shows that Hillary is a liar, a criminal, and a traitor. It shows that Trump was right about being sabotaged. When he made the statement that his phones were tapped, he knew he was what he was talking about, even though he may not have picked the right words to describe the depth of what was happening, which as it turns out, was much worse. This scandal makes Watergate look like no big deal. It shows that the mainstream media swamp is an enemy to truth itself. It shows us the degree of trouble that we are in as a nation. It is said to be still when you're in danger of being bitten by a snake. But how long will you lay there surrounded by these serpents as they slither over you? I believe a large problem with today's society that allows corrupt, evil people to get away with almost anything they want is that people are so wrapped up in the latest series on Netflix, or maybe that they are walking around like a zombie staring at the screen of their smartphone, that they only notice what gets conveniently spoon-fed to them. If all you are doing is watching CNN or listening to the rantings of Hillary Clinton, you will believe that this actual evidence John Durham has put forth, which is a result of years of actual investigation and hundreds, probably thousands of hours of research, is just a fantasy cooked up by Fox News and Donald Trump. Never mind the actual hard evidence, the truth doesn't fit the leftist narrative of the now state-run propaganda machine, which used to be referred to as the fourth estate and defenders of truth. Both mainstream media and big tech, which has become part of where the masses get their news, have simply become propaganda outlets. I recently had Yet a couple more of my posts on face, my, my Facebook page censored by the Chinese-ran fact-checkers, in which I was informed that my posts contained partly false information. 
These independent CCP-based fact-checkers told me that alleged spikes in medical conditions among the military after COVID-19 vaccine rollouts are based on faulty data resulting from a glitch in the database, health fact-check, health feedback. I was informed that COVID-19 vaccines are proven to be safe and effective at preventing COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths, although certain COVID-19 vaccines are associated with a slightly increased risk of blood clotting or heart inflammation. COVID-19 itself is associated with a higher rate of these and other. That's what they posted in response to my post. Proven to be very safe and effective, where exactly is this actual research? Why is nobody asking for fact-checking of this statement we are constantly having shoved down our throats on a daily basis? Just this morning, I was watching Newsmax, and whenever you launch their app on Roku, they shove this narrative down your throat about how you have to go out and get your vaccine. They're, they're safe, and, and you need to get it. It's like, and this is on a supposedly, co uh, supposedly conservative station. I just, mute, I just mute the TV, and I don't even want to hear that garbage. What exactly is the definition of slightly increased risk according to these highly trusted CCP-ran fact-checkers? What resources did they utilize to perform this fact-checking? There is actual evidence in the military version of theirs that there is a big increase in all sorts of diseases among healthy, young American military personnel. Tell the father of a healthy 16-year-old I read about this morning that dropped dead while playing Little League 48 hours after receiving the Pfizer bioweapon death shot from, you guessed it, myocarditis. For those of you that haven't heard of this condition, it's the enlargement of the heart. In this child's case, his heart swelled to twice its normal size before he died. Remember how propaganda outlets such as CNN and MSNBC were condemning candidate Donald Trump and then President Trump as a traitor and a Russian operative based on only an unverified Russian dossier? Where were the fact checkers then? Now that John Durham has some actual serious fact checking, we hear crickets. No retractions, no apologies. As a matter of fact, the story is mostly ignored. So anyway, I uh, want to introduce my guest today. He's a good friend of mine. I actually met Joe indirectly through the Patriot Movement. And uh, Joe, why don't you say hi to the audience, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me today. Um, it's been a pleasure knowing Rebecca. <clears throat> She's uh, very involved in politics and a lot of the Patriot Movement that's uh, currently going on. And uh, we met each other at one of those events and uh, became friends over time and and um, she's been able to teach me quite a bit on what she's learned and um, I really value the information uh, that she's been able to share. Uh, by the way, that monologue was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think is wow. <laughs> um as far as myself, I manage a service company here in Albuquerque, um, and I've been doing this for uh, more than 20 years. Yeah? Yeah. So um, I'm just glad to be here today and, and uh, 
talk to you. Yeah, well, we've done this once before a long time ago on the other show in another lifetime. (laughs) 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 So, I, you know, I was just thinking about this. I mean, I got a lot of other things on my schedule here that for us to talk about, but I've been thinking a little bit about something that you personally dealt with on your own is this stuff going on over the past couple of years in which our rights have been infringed upon. And, and one thing I've talked about a lot, quite a lot, is that they, the powers that be, they don't want any of us to have any private property. As a matter of fact, the statement was made recently that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Yes, that's very true. Um, you have some personal experience with that particular thing. I do. Um, I had purchased an apartment building in Albuquerque, and I want to say it was twenty. It was the legislative period of twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. I don't remember, but anyway, during that legislative committee. Uh, they decided to come up with two bills, and one was SB 111 and SB 297. And as a member of the New Mexico Apartment Owners Association, they were uh, notifying us, hey, uh, there's something that we need to take a look at here, and it may need a call to action. In addition to that, the National Apartment Association was also on top of it, and they were monitoring this legislation. But in short, um, SB 111 is going to create a housing council uh, that will be, um, the governor will be able to appoint the director of that council. And it's basically a one-stop shop. They'll have their own court system, their own lawyers, Um, A tenant could go there and get all the help they need. And and I'm okay with that. I just couldn't understand. I mean, we've already got a court system. Why do we have to create another bureaucracy? Um, That was the first thing. Because it's going to cost New Mexican taxpayers more money to pay for this. And we've already got financial problems in this state as Mm -hmm. it is. Um, The other bill was the one that was very scary to me. And that was SB 297. And what that bill, in effect, was going to do was remove the current 3% cap on property tax year over year if a landlord did not live or occupy their own dwelling or apartment. And they were going to increase it to 10% year over year. Well, I did the math, and I was charging... um, right around 850 for my apartments and relatively within about a short five-year period I probably would have had to raise my rents to almost $1,140 a month and that would have been just to cover the 10% year-over-year property tax that's no more money in my pocket and so the writing was on the wall I realized they're going to tax me out of my property is what they're going to do mm-hmm And there's a price point in Albuquerque at which you can charge for a piece of property. And once you go over that, you're not going to have people wanting to rent your building. So I'm going to be stuck with an empty building. I'm still going to have to pay, you know, my insurances, my property tax, everything that comes along with that. And uh, I just said, I'm not having any of this. Now, luckily, luckily, the association in New Mexico for apartment owners was able to um, 
through their call to action, just make the phones in Santa Fe ring off the hook, emails, letters, everything. So 297 did pass, but they gutted out that portion um, that required uh, landlords to live in their building to be ex you know exempted from mm -hmm. the 10% year over year. Thank goodness that happened. Um, SB 111 that was going to create the housing council, um, that one uh, basically just got buried in committee and so it wasn't able to come out. However, this past legislative session that we just had, they resurrected these bills under, I believe it was SB 65 and SB 71. They're both the same thing. They just changed the names of the bills. And um, I got another notification from the Apartment Association that they're at it again, and they're not going to stop until they get this done. No, these people know Saul Alinsky's uh, rules for radicals really, really well, and the one thing that they do is they never let up on the pressure. Right. Just, just like the other day, all of these bills that they tried to shove through the legislative session, which luckily got mostly defeated, mm -hmm. and they tried to take that SB8, which was just absolutely horrible, mm -hmm. which was going to do all kinds of things and, and we'll talk about that in a minute too in more detail but the point i'm making is what they did is since that got shot down what they did is they took that bill tacked it onto another two-page bill turned it into a 165 page bill at the last minute mm -hmm. and luckily that got shot down too yeah i'm so thankful for that um it was because a Republican filibustered that bill. I know, and that guy, I met that guy the other night. He's great. Oh he goodness. talked for three hours, from what I can uh, understand. Yeah, don't ever take the filibuster away. That's a lifesaver. Right. I, I don't ever want to have him on my show because I won't get a chance to speak. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> with what I'm sharing with you about the um, apartment, a lot of people don't know that the United Nations uh, has a 2030 agenda that you will own no property, none. Uh, you will rent, and you will like it. Right. Uh, this is very un-American. <laughs> uh, you think? You think? Well, like another thing that they did, and, and they've used under cover, to, cover of this COVID scandemic, they have used this as a tool to take away people's freedom and liberty. And one of the things they did, like in reference to what you were just talking about, is that they told renters they didn't have to pay their rent. It's like, well, okay, um, do the landlords still have to pay their mortgage? Do the landlords still have to pay their property taxes? Do the landlords still have to maintain the dwelling while these freeloading renters are living in it, keeping things repaired, making sure everything is good? And, and oh, God, God help you, if, if, if that rent also covers utilities, mm -hmm. then they can use as many utilities as they want, and you've got to pay for it all. Well, I paid water. Uh, at my building for all the tenants. Um, it was an individual meter, so we had one meter, and I paid that. However, um, during this time that they were trying to pass these two bills that I just referenced, uh, we have a few groups here in New Mexico. Uh, one is called the Southwest Organizing Project. Uh, we also have Progress Now and so on and so forth. But um, the Southwest Organizing Project was literally going through my neighborhood, and there's maybe... I don't know, 15, 20 apartment buildings on that particular street. And they were passing out flyers uh, that basically said, come on down to the Albuquerque Civic Center. We have the legal department down there. And we're going to show you basically how to stay in your apartment, 
not pay any of your utilities, gas, electric, whatever. And we're also going to uh, show you how you don't have to pay rent. And the title of this particular flyer, flyer was cancel the rents in big quotes, make the banks pay. Well, when I read the flyer, I've been around for a while and I know business and, uh, let me tell you something. The banks aren't going to pay. Right. This is a lie to, you know, these renters. And I feel sorry for them because a lot of them, you know, they do believe this. But I'm sorry. The bank's going to get bailed out by the government. Uh, the government's going to buy back that mortgage on the building. And uh, they're just going to turn around and uh, send it off to Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae if they have to. Or... Um, you know, back in the day, they used to take those types of defaulted mortgages and they'd bundle them up in packages and then they'd sell them off to Wall Street. Ultimately, the government ends up taking your property. Yeah, and, and let me tell you something. That's what's happening, what I feel is happening, okay? Um, back in the day, back in 2008, when we had that first housing bubble, um, I had several friends in the mortgage business telling me, you know, you better brace yourself because the bubble's going to bust and we're going to be in really big trouble. And what was happening at the time was people were buying homes way above market value like they are now. Like they are now, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're paying, what, $400,000 for a house that's maybe worth two twenty-five. you know, relatively speaking. Same thing with the house I'm in. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I, could, probably, I could probably make $100,000 if I sold it right now. And it's like it's not worth that. But yet, that's what I could sell it for. But I think part of, partly of what, what's involved with that is inflation and the fact that our dollar is no longer worth as much as it used to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, but back in the day, what happened during that bubble, and I'm starting to see the same process happen now, only in a different way. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. So these mortgage brokers uh, were telling me, brace yourself, we're going to have a bubble, it's going to get bad. So, and I said, well, why? And they said, because Fannie and Freddie are broke. They can't bail the banks out. And the banks can't bundle these properties up and sell them off to Wall Street because, you know, they're not going to buy a billion dollars worth of mortgages when they're only worth 300000 I'm using hypothetical mm -hmm. numbers here for the, um, you know, analogy, but... I said, oh, okay, I see what's happening. Well, during that time, what I didn't know was that the Democratic uh, Party was pulling money out of Fannie Mae, and they were using that money to fund their various uh, pet peeve projects. And at the time, uh, George W. Bush Jr. had warned Congress multiple times on four different occasions. I'm getting very worried about Freddie and Fannie. They're going to be insolvent. And you need to prop these up because I'm sure he saw what was going to be eventually coming. And, of course, it did. Well, we all know what happened. The banks were left holding the bag for all these defaulted mortgages because a lot of people walked away from their mortgage. They said, well, why should I, you know, pay $500,000 on this house that's only worth now maybe four? I mean, how long is it going to take me to pay off $100,000? i will never get equity. They're like, here, they were handing their keys back. They were doing a, a, a deed in, in lieu of foreclosure. And so when the banks took all these back, they had all these on their liabilities, on their balance sheet. And what happened was 
they turned to Freddie and Fannie and said, we need you to bail us out. And they said, sorry, we don't have the money. And so that's when the credit crisis came. And the reason why the credit crisis came is because a bank has to have, I don't remember the number, I think it was like a dollar in reserve for every $3 loaned out. Well, they didn't want the federal regulators to take them over. And so what they did was they began slashing credit card balances. I know mine went from like 10000 to five. Um, it was all over. This was happening. They weren't giving loans to banks. You couldn't get uh, cash for payroll, anything, because they were holding on to every dollar they could to keep that asset side high enough so that the government wouldn't come in and take them over. But we know what happened. Uh, Washington Mutual did go under, mm -hmm. if you remember that. And uh, the feds came in and they, they took them over at that time. Well, what's different now? I'm getting reports from a lot of my friends who are calling me and saying, hey, what's going on? I just bought a house and I got a letter from my bank 30 days later saying that uh, Freddie Mac bought my loan. And I was like, what? Now, Freddie Mac normally will buy a loan from a, a bank that had to close. Okay, well, what they're doing now is they're automatically putting these loans into the forbearance program. Now, what the forbearance program does is allows you up to 12 months to miss your payments uh, before they'll do anything. So this is my theory and my opinion, mm -hmm. okay, and projecting to the 2030 agenda of you will own no property. Um, if you have a house loan right now, and um, they crash the economy and you can't make your mortgage payment because you lost your job and, you know, it's a trickle-down effect and you still have this mortgage, well, I don't think the government is going to kick everybody out on the street. What I feel, and again, this is my opinion, that the government's going to say, you know what, you can just go ahead and stay in your home. Um, we're going to go ahead and foreclose on you anyway, and we'll take possession of that property, and you'll just rent from us. That's what their goal is, is for everybody to be a renter. Yeah, and th in 2030 it is you will own no property, no private property. Mm -hmm. You will rent, and you will be happy. Part of the big reset. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that's very tricky. Now, my friend's particular bank, because I talked to him in detail about it, they're still servicing his loan but they sold it to Freddie Mac, who now owns it. I've never heard of Freddie Mac doing something like that. Yeah. So. Well, that's yet another step in them taking over everything mm -hmm. and so that you have to be a renter. That's what they ultimately want. It's part of the Agenda 2030 Great Reset. That's right. That I've been talking a lot about. That's right. Did Have you heard... Have you heard the latest statement by Justin Trudeau, which is, I, I think it's hilarious. You know, I've been watching this whole invasion of Ukraine happening. It's like, it's funny how Joe Biden is warning, well, has been for days, warning Putin. Well, if you do this, if you invade Ru Ukraine, we're going to have some serious sanctions against you. And I really don't think that, I don't think Putin gives a darn about Biden's sanctions. I really don't, because... Now he's invading Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And now that he's invading Ukraine and he's already actually invaded it and he's already taken some territory, now Biden is moving 
the line. Well, if you go any further, if you invade any more of Ukraine, it's like <laughs> we have such a ridiculous president, don't we? Oh, totally. This guy's ridiculous. a joke. Yeah, when when I've been watching him, I feel like he doesn't care. Like I don't think he even knows what's going on. I don't think it's necessarily that he doesn't he doesn't care. I don't think he has any clue what's going on. He, as far as we know, he thinks he's in the Senate. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Do you think that um, that he's going in there because he wants more landmass, or what, what do you feel he needs new Ukraine for? Well, who knows if you can believe anything the media tells you nowadays, but I was listening to, it sounds like to me that there's been this talk of NATO, uh, of Ukraine becoming na- part of NATO, and it seems like somebody mentioned something about if they become part of NATO, about them placing some weapons in along the border of, of Russia, if that happens. And I think Putin simply covering, protecting his, his, his own. I, I, I think it's like, well, no, you're not going to do that because I'm going to move in and invade and then I'll own the territory and you're not going to do that. That's just the opinion. It, it seems like to me, mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like to me. What do you think? Well, again, it's just a theory. He doesn't want NATO on his border. Yeah, this is just a theory that I have. But a while back, I was reading that Russia sells natural gas to Europe. Uh-huh. Okay. And I know in the UK, they were very concerned because if Russia cuts off their natural gas supply, the article said, will freeze to death. And I'm wondering if Ukraine has natural gas reserves, and he wants those reserves to be able to control the natural gas in Europe. That would be my first guess. Um, because part of this Great Reset thing that we'll probably get to a little bit later, a lot of world leaders and wealthy people around the world are investing in the wealth of the earth and mm-hmm. other types of, of wealth. Uh, last Saturday when you were talking to um, uh, Jay Block. Greg, Greg, Greg Zanetti. Oh, that was the previous week. Okay, so, the previous yeah, week. Yeah, you listened to the two weeks ago. Yes. That was Greg Zanetti. Yeah, oh, he, we was, had a good conversation about that. He was fantastic. But he mentioned that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, wealth of the earth, then human resources. Those hands. two things, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And he mentioned a couple other things. And so this would kind of fall in line with all that because I don't think he really cares about the, the people or the natural gas. You know, people come with problems. They come with baggage. They come with health problems. Um, I think he's going after resources. And I'll share this with you. Um I just had a, a client that I talked to, and she's in the food business. And so I said, hey, you know, how, how is all this supply chain crisis affecting you? And she said, well, you know, everything's slowed down, and but we're hanging in there and we're doing okay. She says, but we make all of our products organically, and we sell a lot of, uh, you know, sliced mushrooms and things like that. And she goes, we get our peat moss, which you need to grow mushrooms from the Ukraine. Oh, really? Yes. I love mushrooms. I know. I, I scramble too. them up with my <laughs> eggs in the morning. I just had some this morning. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. <laughs> I eat mushrooms probably every day. I love them. I do too, especially uh, sautéed in garlic and Sorry, butter. That's what I do. I sauté them with butter and garlic salt. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But, you know, here's an interesting thing. You know, Tyrant Trudeau in Canada. Yes. 
all the crap he's been doing to the truckers over the past couple of weeks, he actually came out and in response to what Putin's doing is was condemning Putin about his march towards totalitarianism. It's like, okay, Tyrant Trudeau, are you, have you not paid any attention to what you're doing? He's, Trudeau, I would say, is probably more of a tyrant than Putin is. Putin's simply uh, trying to move in and conquer some land. It's like, at least from what I understand, he's not doing the kind of things to the Russian people that Trudeau's doing to his people. I don't think. Well, what If I, there is, I haven't been hearing about it. Yeah, what I see with a lot of these tyrants is projection. Right. That, well, that's odd. I've ran into people like that that are, like, narcissistic, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. They always project on other people what they're doing, it's mm-hmm. like, and try to justify what they're doing. Exactly, because it takes the focus off of them. Right. Yeah, and that's what they're trying to do. You know, all this stuff is so underhanded, and it's so evil and wicked, and... I'm just, I'm ready for it to be over, and it looks like so are the Canadians. Well, they are, and they've been fighting back. I mean, they've got the convoys going up there and everything, and and the stuff that Trudeau was doing to the people up there in the convoy, he invoked this Emergency Powers Act. It's like, what's the emergency? You've got peaceful protesters, okay? Why don't you try talking to them? No, his response to them complaining about his tyranny is more tyranny. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw that he's got these people that I don't know who they are, but they're wearing green uniforms without any kind of insignia or any kind of patches. I have no idea who they are. I call them the green shirts. So mm-hmm. he's got his own army of green shirts now. And so what they're doing is arresting protesters, peaceful protesters, they are seizing their personal and business bank accounts. They're seizing their trucks and saying that they're going to sell their trucks and keep the money. They're basically stealing from these people. They've stole their money. They stole their fuel. They, st- they stole the donations that people gave. They're even going after and arresting people that are simply supporting them. They arrested, from what, uh, the other day they arrested a lady that was simply pitching in and helping cook food for them. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, one of the uh, press conferences and the chief of police from Ottawa, did you see that one? Where he got up there and he said, um, we are going to hunt these people down. Oh, it, I got better than that. If it takes us months. I got better than that, Joe. I've got the clip. Let's, oh, let, let's just don't take your word for it. Hey, uh, Mary Kay, why don't you play clip two for me? That's, that's the, the new tyrant in charge of the Ottawa Police Department after the other one resigned. And I'm guessing he finally had a, 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 a crisis of conscience. Mm-hmm. But let's get that one. Me, I'm uh, from independent media. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately uh, hit with some pepper spray. I just have a question. Uh, there's some video cameras that the police are using and uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate? Like, if the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home, uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? Thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. 
If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time-consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. And could I just ask Thank one you. more question? Can we ask a question? Mr. This includes... Okay. There we go. So there you go. There's a there's a tyrant. You know, I was talking about tyrants on my show last week. There's a tyrant right there. The other police chief bailed on him because I think he just couldn't take it anymore. So this new guy in here, he's on a power trip now. He's saying, "We're going to hunt you down. We don't care if you have left. It doesn't matter that you've just simply been peacefully protesting. No, we're going to hunt you down. Even if it takes months, we're going to find you. We're going to take your money. We're going to prosecute you. We're probably going to throw you in a gulag like the people in Washington, D.C. Apparently, this guy took a lesson from Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like get in line, get in line and uh, shape up or we're going to ship you out. Right. Well, kind of like what I've been saying for for a couple of years now about the whole mask scam, mm-hmm. okay, which they've basically been it's it's a muzzle. I call it a muzzle because it prevents you from communicating. It's yeah. like, okay, s- put on your mask, shut up and do what you're told. That's right. And uh, a lot of this is just fear. I mean, have you noticed uh since uh, our governor took the mask mandate off, people are still wearing their masks? I know. I mean, they're, they really took it to heart. They're very, very fearful of of COVID. You know, that whole thing was just such a travesty because there were uh, therapeutics on the market. I know. I took some myself. They work? Oh, they totally work. Um, yeah. I got COVID and I took the therapeutics. Within 48 hours, I was back up and doing and what see, I And see, I know a do. lot of people in the community that did the same thing. As a matter of fact, we've been helping each other out because the government will not let you have therapeutics most of the time. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, Mm -hmm. they won't let you have them. And the ridiculous explanation that they give for this is like, well, it's been, it hasn't been proven that ivermectin is effective. Well, fine. Why don't you let me be the judge of that? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work, then no big deal. It's like, but, but remember when Trump was president, which, in my opinion, he still probably should be president. <laughs> but uh, I, that's I okay. Agree. We got we, yeah. Oh, by the way, a little side note here. I was uh, I was listening to the news this morning, and they were talking about this fake White House stage that they've been using for months. And <laughs> and I've heard people talking about it, and I think they were accused of being conspiracy theorists. No, it was really real. They've been using a fake White House stage set in which they've been the Biden the fake president has been making his so-called speeches yeah I and think it's it was, like wasn't it across the street from the white house yeah it may be <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like a fake oval office a fake every a fake white house right. it's like is he even really in the white house or uh, is or is he somewhere else that's a very good question that's who, a very who good really question. knows yeah we don't know no I don't know. It's just uh, this world is topsy-turvy, and it's turning upside down quickly. And I think, uh, you know, what I see happening now with Americans, they they really are starting to get more politically involved. 
well, that's a good thing. And I, I've noticed that myself, and I've mentioned that. Like this weekend, I'm going to be at, this show is recorded, by the way, so everybody knows that. So this weekend, I am going to be at the delegate convention in Rio Doso. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, was, I had uh, Ethel Mahargon with me on Thursday, mm-hmm. and her and I were talking about this. And we've had this huge movement. I, I, think, I think all of this nonsense is going to backfire on these bunch of socialists because what has happened is they've got people activated. They got me activated. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the stuff I've been doing. My life has completely changed over the past couple of years. I started doing rallies. I started speaking out. Now I'm doing a radio show. I've been doing radio now for over a year. Mm-hmm. And it got me activated, got me interested. It's like, wow, this is wrong, and I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of other people have done the same thing. And as a result, a whole bunch of us actually got involved in New Mexico politics. We've mm-hmm. become delegates. We're going to be in Rio Doso. We're going to be helping choose the primary candidates that are going to be running for all the offices in the general election next year. That is fantastic. And and a lot of those people have also gotten involved in the ward uh, chair positions. And, and more and more of us are going to be involved in taking over some of these positions that are going to be vacated by some of these people that a lot of people consider to be rhinos. You know, I really hope so. Um, One of my friends, he kind of gave me a little bit of hope for New Mexico. Um, He has a business where he goes into customers' homes and whatnot. And one of the gals that works for, uh, I guess, Register of Voters, where they register Mm -hmm. people to vote, We've been flipping a lot of Democrats, by the way. Yeah, she said she's never seen anything like it, that um, people are flipping their registrations from Democrat to Republican in droves, I guess. And yeah. she says she's been in this career for a very long time. She's never seen this many. So that gave me a little hope, thinking, well, you know, people are starting to become more conservative, more fiscally sound, because mm-hmm. we're obviously we have runaway budgets and... Just things aren't going well at all. And and just this week, uh, a principal friend of mine that works in the Albuquerque public school system was telling me some uh, horrible things about what they're making them do. And then the next day, the governor came out, and uh, I heard that she's going to require a CRT in our public schools now. And I guess by this upcoming uh, fall registration, uh, they're going to have to submit their curriculum and all of their plans to them and so we're going to be getting crt now i read crt i got to about the fourth page and i wanted to throw up it's disgusting what they're oh doing to our kids gosh they're trying to indoctrinate them yes at a really early age they're 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 all the things they're doing to them they're teaching them to hate uh, they're teaching them to hate people of other races. Mm-hmm. They're t- teaching them to hate Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. They're having these little kids that are just kindergarten, first grade, having them question their gender. I know. It's like, really? It's like little kids mm-hmm. that are already confused as it is about a lot of things in life. I mean, being a kid is sometimes difficult. It's a confusing time in your life. And here they're throwing this stuff in, having them ask these questions that may very well ruin their life Mm -hmm. and set something in motion that would have never been in motion. Right. Well, you know, you brought up the, the gender thing. That's what my friend was telling me is that right now, if one of the students says, you know, hey, I'm a girl, but they're biologically a male. 
they're requiring the school district now to enter into the computer that they are female. Now this is really going to mess things up because it's going into the school computer system. It's going to go on the CUME file. What a disaster. I mean, you know, I'm seeing even in that community, the LGBTQ community, um, that there's problems. My, mm -hmm. my neighbor that lived next door, um, she was lesbian, okay? And what she did was she started an organization that brought in homeless women of, of all different backgrounds. And she would write the government for grants. And so she wrote a grant and sent it in, and she got a letter back from a few weeks later that said, uh, we're, we're not going to give you any more grants because um, you refuse to take transgender males into your facility. She's like, wait a second, they still biologically are male, mm -hmm. and you want me to bring this male into a female facility? I can't do that. And so even in the LGBTQ community, it's causing problems. Now, that's kind of a backslap to them, don't you think? Because they've well, been pushing is. for this agenda all this time. Right. And, you know, I'm, you know, Joe, you know, I'm a very accepting, open-minded person. But the, the objection I have to what's going on is that they're putting ideas into little children and confusing them mm -hmm. and possibly leading them to make the biggest mistake of their entire life. Mm -hmm. You need to let them be kids. You need to let them grow up. And they need to figure these things out on their own. They don't need to have these ideas put in their head and have them confused right and, and it's just wrong and how does that fit into education i thought education I, was about arithmetic reading writing science well that's racist oh oh remember oh. remember a while back where they were saying <laughs> math is racist right there everything is racist nowadays I, I i don't even these people have lost their minds yes they I really would, have i would agree i would agree it's absolute insanity it is insanity but you know um you know, maybe we can talk about it a little bit later, but uh, a lot of this really does fall within biblical prophecy. I, I know I've had some conversation with you sure. about that before, but I know like um, several places in the scripture, it says as we get into these times where it's becoming more and more insane and we're hearing all this crazy stuff that we're hearing today, um, God says he's going to give these people over to a depraved mind. And depraved meaning they can't tell the difference between right or wrong. And I'm seeing this. Oh today. my God, we're seeing that up is down, down is up. Oh, it's right crazy. is wrong, good is evil, evil is good. Yep. It's like, it, I don't, yeah, you're right. It's totally, it's totally, uh, it sounds biblical to me. It, it, it is biblical, and it's getting more and more biblical as we progress. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a student of Bible prophecy and, and also just the Bible in general. and. I'm literally flipping the pages and I'm watching biblical prophecy jump off the page, page after page after page. I mean, it, it's coming close to, you know, what the Bible's talking about is this national one world power that's going to be taking place at the Well, at the very in, a, end. in a way, the whole COVID scam was a way of moving forward that whole concept of a world government in which, in which the same rules apply to everybody. And was like oh the other day the, the thing is people are pushing back on this that mm -hmm. is a good sign that is a good sign the other day i was watching a news uh, report that a school board had recalled 
three of its members on the school board because they were pushing this garbage of CRT and, and, and changing the names of schools because they were named Abraham Lincoln and stuff like that. Right. They're, they're trying to demonize the founding fathers there again, what you just said. They're trying to turn these things, twist these things. All oh, the founding fathers were evil. The Constitution's evil. No, none of it's evil. That's what they're trying to say. Um, you know, if we go back to the founding of America, it was founded by people who wanted to come over here that were being persecuted, and they wanted religious freedom. Um, you know, all throughout our documents, Declaration of Bill of Rights, Constitution, uh, there's mentions of God all through there. We were designed as a Christian nation and no longer... Are we really going that route? It's being changed into something that it wasn't supposed to be, and I'm sure our founding fathers would be turning over in their graves right now if they could see what was happening today. Well, you know, I was listening to a church service the other day I was at, and the pastor was talking about how if we, if we actually lived by the guidelines which were put forth in, in the gospel, the world would run perfectly it would because it's it's like a roadmap to a perfect society mm -hmm. and yet you have these leftists and these so-called liberals think that they can do it better right um you know bible is biblical instruction before leaving earth <laughs> yeah it, it is right uh, you know it's talking about the attack on the Constitution. I'll tell you, where this became incredibly off, uh, obvious was Barack Obama. And we talked about this just a few minutes ago. I'm going to play this other clip I have, and it's, the sound quality is not really great. But just so you know that I'm not, not making this up and that Obama actually said this, because people often question why I say, oh, wait, where's the proof of that? Well, I got the proof right here. He said it himself. Here's the clip. Clip one, Mary Kay. challenge is to get people persuaded that we can make progress uh, when there's no evidence of that in their daily lives. And you go into some of these small towns in, in, in Pennsylvania, a lot of, like a lot of small towns in the Midwest, you know, the jobs have been gone now for 25 years and nothing's replaced them. And they've gone through the Clinton administration and the Bush administration, and each successive administration has said that somehow these communities are going to regenerate, and they have not. So it's not surprising then that they get better and they cling to guns or religion or uh, antipathy toward people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or you know, anti-trade sentiment, and a way to explain their frustrations. Um, now, these are in some communities. I, I think what you'll find is that people of every background, um, they're going to be a mix of people. You, you can go out the toughest neighborhood, uh, you know, working class, much pale folks, and you'll find Obama enthusiasts. Uh, and you can go into places where you think that I'd be very strong and people will just be skeptical. Um, the important thing is that you show up and you're doing what you're doing. So you guys are Okay, so I guess we're, are we lunch pail people? I don't know. Lizards. <laughs> Lizards. Lizard people, according to our governor. We're lizard people. Deplorables. Deplorables, clinging to our guns and our religion and our Bibles. And 
I don't think we're that at all. Um, and we're anti-immigrant, no. apparently. You know, we're not anti-immigrant. We love immigrants. We do. I love immigrants. I people that want to come here and they want to, and they want to immigrate to this country and they want to become citizens of the United States, and they don't want to start off their time in the United States by breaking the law and climbing a fence and sneaking in. I, I don't want those people here. Personally, my only opinion, these people that have snuck in, they need to all be removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. come in the right way, learn our laws, learn the Constitution, learn what this country is founded on, and learn our language. Mm-hmm. Because if you're here, you need to, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? You, you need, need to assimilate. Assimilate, there we go. Yep. You need to assimilate. You need to become, you need to want to become an American. Mm-hmm. I've never been against immigration. Um, I want them to come in legally. Mm-hmm. This country needs to know for its own national security who is coming into our country for the safety of, of the American citizen. Yeah. Um, right now, you know, what I'm hearing is news reports where people are coming across the border and, and some of them are really bad people. Yeah. You know? They're being used as mules to mm-hmm. bring uh, drugs, right? Fentanyl, yep. Illegal trafficking, yep. A lot of these little kids that are being brought across the border in the dead of the night, we don't know where they're going. No. We For don't. all we know, they're these little kids are being brought in, and they're being put into some kind of slave trade. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah. And Biden, this is all Biden's fault. Yeah. Because he has allowed he 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 ended the construction of the border wall. He's allowing catch and release. They're flying these people all over the country, dropping them off everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had several black buses that came through here, and uh, uh, it was down by the I-40, and they pulled over, and a bunch of Haitians got off. And where were they going? Were they coming here? I don't know. Right. But I knew Biden was moving immigrants around the country, because remember when he said, when the Haitians came over here, he goes, oh, I'm going to send them back. Right. That was a lie. He didn't send them back. No, they're not being sent back. They, he left them here in the country. They just bust them to different places throughout the nation. I, wasn't it Florida? Um, I think it was Jacksonville where they got a, a bunch of immigrants that Biden had sent. So DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, got a bus and uh, bust them all up to Delaware where <laughs> Joe Biden's from. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Oh, man, it's like, yeah, just send them back. You know, that's your problem. We Dump have them off ourselves. at Nancy Pelosi's house. Absolutely. Dump them off at uh, Biden's house. Uh, these these people that claim that they want all these illegal immigrants in the country, just dump them off. Say, well, you take care of them then. Yeah, I I personally had a lot of problems with uh, illegal immigration affecting my business. Yeah. Um, you know, I did, I had my workers comp and, you know, I paid my taxes and business license and everything that I had to do. But I was competing with a lot of, of people that were coming into the country illegally and they didn't have workers comp or they didn't have licenses or whatever. And so they wanted to undercut me. Well, when they get caught, they just go back across the border and they disappear. When I get caught, uh, it's a different story. Right. You know, so... I was really getting frustrated as well as many businesses were with this illegal immigration problem, but I haven't seen it too terribly bad here in New Mexico. I know we have a problem because they talk about it, but it's not like where I've 
I've seen before where I came from originally before I moved to New Mexico. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking in the next hour, you and I have both done a little bit of research on Watergate. Oh, yeah. And I was mentioning this Durham investigation about how Durham has started to indict people. And the little fish are being rounded up. They're being indicted. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing... And you know one thing, I was I was doubting that Durham was actually doing anything, and I've been thinking about this for the past year or so. It's like, God, is he really? Is, is this just going to be another one of these things, where he, you hear about the Durham investigation and nothing comes of it? But it looks like he's really been working, and he, maybe he's actually been very very smart about how he's been doing things because it appears that what he's been doing is he has been keeping a very small staff. He's been keeping it very tight, very close, close to the vest, and there's been no leaks at all. Right. What he's been doing has been a complete and total mystery. And these bunch of, le- there are no leakers. They haven't been leaking it. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's coming after these people and getting them. So it's, he, he's, he's getting these little fish. I'm guessing these little fish are going to turn on the bigger fish, and he's going to work his way up the food chain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it, I, uh, I I was reading the indictment. Highly, highly complicated. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll get into that in the next. We hour are. You've you done a lot to. of extensive research. I I was reading through it too, and it's like, oh my god, it's like the, this chain of events, and one person leading to another person leading to another person. It's like, oh my god, my head was about to explode. Yeah. It's like you do a little bit better job of uh, sorting that st- stuff out. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so then we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that and uh right after the break we will be right back <laughs> 